released over 60 videos showing the horrors and business of what was going on inside the Alabama Department of Corrections. We released interviews and stories of people that are incarcerated in the state of Alabama to show how white supremacy affects the criminal justice system throughout the state, how so many people were overcharged and how many were over-sentenced, and the majority of which are black men were young black men that have been trapped inside the Alabama Department of Corrections for decades. These allegations made by the three Alabama movements were justified and verified by the Department of Justice in investigation of the all-male prisons in the Alabama prisons. Therefore, for the last six months, we have been waiting on some type of accountability, somebody to have to pay some type of consequence for this violation of all prisons in the state of Alabama, violation of their Eighth Amendment rights. There's been no consequence forthcoming, and no one's been held accountable. Therefore, we are Free Alabama Movement in order to establish that we no longer will accept being dehumanized and no longer accept uh, being victims of white supremacy. We are calling for a 30-day economic blackout of the entire Alabama Department of Correction. We are asking all brothers that are incarcerated in the state of Alabama not to go to work from January the 1st to January the 31st. We're asking all family members and loved ones to support all these brothers in boycott and security uh, with their video visitation. Because once security establishes their video visitation, they plan to do away permanently with all contact issues. So if you ever want to touch your loved one again, to help and support them as we boycott security uh, in their phone service. We also boycott access correction as they continue to exploit uh, the family members of loved ones with the exorbitant prices of the things that they sell to those they call So we're asking you to join us and support us and calling for a 30-day economical blackout of the entire Alabama Department of Correction. You're live. Peace, peace. <laughs> peace and blessings, uh, everyone. We welcome everyone to another episode of Live from the Plantation. Uh, as build for tonight, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the state of Alabama. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the Department of Corruption. Uh, and, you know, true to form, Free Alabama Movement is at the forefront of exposing these inhumanities or, you know, calling a spade a spade. Uh, you know, we're reaching out to all our affiliates, all our allies, and, you know, calling all people to arms, you know, all boots on the ground. Whatever it is you do, you know what I'm saying, we're asking you to, get to go 100% in doing that. It's time that we turn up the pressure. It's time that we turn up the heat um, because, you know, as we said a couple of weeks ago uh, in the show that we did of why we can't wait, you know what I'm saying, our lives are at stake. We can't afford to wait. Uh, people are dying every day. Uh, the pandemic um, from society has reached uh, the trenches of the Alabama plantations. And, you know, brothers, the countless numbers are coming up positive with COVID-19. Uh, and if you think health care is so part in society, you can only imagine what it's like on the plantation. So contracting uh, COVID-19 in here uh, with any kind of illness or any kind of underlying, you know what I'm saying, issues is almost guaranteed to be a death sentence uh, for the loved ones uh, that are incarcerated in the state of Alabama who are being unnecessarily exposed to, you know, danger and risk. 
uh, because a lot of brothers uh, with their classification levels, uh, uh, the cases they're in prison for, shouldn't even be here. Uh, there are so many people uh, throughout these plantations who shouldn't be here. That's my legally shouldn't be here. I'm not talking about the truth or what the reality was of their situation. I'm just saying by their laws, a lot of these people should be free, uh, should have made parole years ago, and should be back in their communities contributing, you know, being positive contributors to their communities, but yet they're being uh, exposed to uh, death sentence inside these plantations, whether it be from the drug epidemic or, you know, the spread of the disease or, you know, the, the complications that come with uh, being a slave on a plantation, frustration, irritation, misdirected anger uh, that leads to violence and in a lot of these cases leading to the death of a lot of these young brothers. I'm saying it's just sad to, to sit back and watch uh, so many perils uh, that are on the, on, on the path uh, for these brothers on the plantation, yet it seems like none of them are paying attention or have no knowledge of what's really going on, and they're steady falling uh, by the wayside day in and day out. And it's on us as men, the men, the Alabama Ubuntu, the men on these plantations. You know, we have to stand up. You know what I'm saying? It's time to draw the line in the sand of what's going to be acceptable and what ain't uh, because, you know, it's real. The struggle for freedom is real. And I'm talking about we had to go. I'm saying we have fought for many years to get right here to this point. And we got our, you know what I'm saying, we got our foot on on our opposition's neck. I'm saying do we go for the death blow or do we allow them to get up and, you know, and do the kumbaya wars, you know, I forgive you and then sit back and allow them to build up and do it again. I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm choosing the first option. It's time that. You know what I'm saying? We, we draw a line in the sand and say that this is it. Enough is enough. You know, we have to reimagine uh, the way correction is done. We have to reimagine uh, addressing behavioral and mental issues in society uh, because prison is not the answer. Uh, academic studies have shown that prison does nothing uh, to reduce uh, the violence or does nothing to ensure the protection of the community. You know, prison is just a racket. Plain and simple, using crime and punishment uh, and all this rehabilitation and, you know, correction and all these things. You know, they use all these catchphrases as, you know, ways uh, to keep the public deluded uh, to the truth of what's going on, that it's just a real, live, raw, uncut racket. Uh, The slave system is slave economics. Uh, You study history of most southern states, Alabama in particular, you know, they talk about a slave economy. You know what I'm saying? This part of this region of the country was built and based on a slave economy. Yeah, they changed some of the names and changed some of the trappings and, you know, painted some of the buildings, put some flowers outside or whatever. But it's the same old slave economy. You have a group of people who are disadvantaged, who are being oppressed, who are being held down and being forced to work for free while somebody else benefits from their labor. And on the back end, their families are being doubly exploited because your family got to take care of you. They got to send you money because you don't earn no money from working. So the only way you live is to have someone who truly cares about you and financially stable enough to give you a few dollars every week or every month, uh, however that may be, because you're working for free and you can't take care of yourself unless you get off into this underground black market that leads to death and destruction. So it's a catch-22, you know what I'm saying? when you're in these situations. So 
you know, the people are exploiting our families. They're exploiting us. Uh, you know, they're exploiting the public. They're lying to people. Uh, this prison system is a sham, and it's time that we expose it for what it is. You know what I'm saying? This is the slave system. This is the exploitation of a class of people for the benefit of a small minority few of people. Plain and simple, that's what this is. Miss me with all of the, you know, the nightly news rhetoric and all of the political jargon about this and that. Plain and simple, the prison system is a sham and a cover for a slave economy and the slave system. And that's what, you know, we're trying to educate our brothers on the inside and their family members as well, that we got to start using the right language in dealing with this situation because words have power. And, you know, just one simple word can change the dynamics of a conversation. So we need to really get concrete about the terms that we use and, it, and exposing this and making people understand that this is just not something that's bad or something that needs tweaking. This is a crime against humanity. This goes against God's law. If you say you believe in God, whichever one it may be, it's against God's law to handle another brother, another child of God, in this type of form and fashion and way. There's no way you can, you can reconcile your concept of God with the way that you condone allowing the representatives of your government and your state to treat fellow human beings, fellow brothers, fellow sisters, fellow children of God. So let's be real about this conversation, and let's call this a crime against humanity like it is. Let's structure this for an international level because we're dealing with an issue that has international complications. There are people all across the world that are similarly situated to us that we have to link up with. We have to network, reach out, and meet and link up with and bring our struggles and our issues and our grievances together and make the powers that be understand that there's a shift. There's an astrological shift, and therefore there must be a societal shift. And it's time that we change the dynamics of, of the power structure, the power relationship, and the way that people are dealt with uh, in this country, in this society. So, you know, that's our mission and what we own. You know, we did set about trying to move forward, trying to get slavery completely abolished uh, from this country, but out of the, the language, out of these constitutions. Uh, we're trying to get people to understand that these prison systems need complete overhaul. I'm talking about a reimagining, a re-envisioning, not just some tweaks, not just some reforms, not just let a few people out here and keep the system going. No, it's time that we reconfigure this entire system, man. And, you know, there's not too many weapons that we have at our disposal on the plantation, but it's time for us to bring our heads together, bring our resources together, bring our network of people together, and use every tool at our disposal and use it effectively. Right now we're using our tried and true tactics, you know what I'm saying, work strike. We call it for a 30-day economical boycott of the Alabama Department of Correction. We have to hit them where it hurts. We have to hit them where they understand and comprehend. We have to hit them at their nerve center, and that's economically in their pockets. So, you know, we're calling for a 30-day work strike. No work throughout the entire ADOC. We're calling for a boycott of all these prison profiteers, these organizations and corporations that blood suck off of, you know, the poor. They're people who you love to lobby for longer laws 
you know, three-strike laws, mandatory sentences. They lobbying for these things so they can bring their products and their services uh, into these plantations and continue to extract wealth uh, from our family members and out our labor. So, you know, it's time for us to bring an end to that. You know, make the, make the connection. You know, we connecting the dots. You know what I'm saying? Security, you know, geo, core civic. You know, all of these people who are becoming filthy rich off our misery, it's time that we draw a line in the sand, man. It's time that we stop spending our dollars with these people. If you think about the dollars that we give to these people that we support our own incarceration, our own oppression with, if we took half of those dollars and we pooled them together, we could create a legal defense fund. We could create a role for a conviction inquiry committee. We could create these things on our own. But we don't have the knowledge of how to help ourselves, and we refuse to listen to those who are pointing us in a direction for guidance. But, you know, it's time that we, we shake out of this fog and we get ourselves together, man. You know, come together and stand up as men and make it clear. You know what I'm saying? We men and we will not be treated as animals. You know what I'm saying? We human beings. I will not accept your inhumanity. You know, I will not accept your disrespect. I will not accept the legitimacy of your authority and power over me. I don't accept it because I don't respect you and I don't respect the fact that you don't have morals, values, and principles, but yet think that you have the power to tell me, another man, what to do. And I ain't with it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never been with it. You know what I'm saying? Even before I became conscious and had knowledge of self and was on the path to try to uplift and advance my people and those around me, I ain't never been with it. You know what I'm saying? It just ain't in me. You know what I'm saying? I guess I got the spirit of a runaway slave. I come from the tribe of Africans that they jumped off the boat and got ate by sharks rather than to be the slave of somebody else. My spirit rebelled against this. And I look, daily I look for other brothers whose spirit I can identify with, whose spirit is repulsed and and rebels against this and trying to do something to free this body from this situation. So, you know what I'm saying? That's what, you know, we're going to touch on tonight and get off into some of the, you know, the details of the things that's going on um, with, you know, the brothers uh, inside the Alabama Department of Corruption, you know, what's going on with the brothers and fam, you know, what's going on with the torch movement, you know, what's going on. You know, it's a lot of different things going on in the ADOC that we're going to try to get off into tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's a lot of things going on. And for those of you who keep up and follow me, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we've been in a situation where we ain't really had no heat. And brothers, you know what I'm saying, got pushed to their limit and just created a bonfire in the middle of the dormitory just to get warm. You know what I'm saying? We sat like that for 30 minutes to 45 minutes with a fire burning, then 20 minutes of smoking. And, you know, we still just trapped up in the block, you know what I'm saying, with, you know what I'm saying, no heat, smoke everywhere, and not an officer in sight. And it was 30, 45 minutes later before an officer came in here, and he didn't come in here for that. He came in here for something else. So, you know, our lives are in our hands. Don't nobody care about what's going on with us but us. So it's time for us to act like that. You know what I'm saying? My mama can, you know, be sympathetic and empathetic for everything I go through and everything I feel, but she ain't here. And she can't, got to, she can't deal with what I got to deal with. She can't make decisions for me in that. Neither can yours. You know what I'm saying? I was cold. My mama couldn't provide heat. I had to provide heat. We have to be the answer to our questions. We the solution to our own problems. And we got to come together and unify and do this, man. And with that, you know, 
I welcome everybody to another episode of Live from the Plantation where we keep it raw, we keep it uncut, you know what I'm saying? Feel don't live here, ain't no filters, you know what I'm saying? This is what it is, real men, real women, real lives, real people telling their stories and sharing their understanding and their insight. So once again, I thank everybody for joining us uh, tonight live on the Plantation, uh, me, and uh, I'm a Get ready to introduce and turn it over uh, to my A.L.A., like, uh, my brother, uh, Benu Hannibal Rothstein. Uh, you still with me, Benu? All day, every day. Well, all I'm saying you see that all day, every day. I can't I'm see no. it in the building. Okay, well, then I already know you know then, so let's go. Um, <laughs> Benu Hannibal Rothstein, live from the plantation, like you said, and, um, you know, it is real and it is raw. It, it, it's not a it's not a popularity contest. You know what I'm saying? This shit ain't about Facebook likes. Um, it's not about free requests. It's not about you know calling, talking to the to the to to the mainstream media, to the voice of white supremacy. A lot of people get very excited about the opportunity to turn their story over to the voice of white supremacy. The reason why the prison system and the people can't be held accountable and this shit can't be dismantled is because the media is complicit. You know, all you got to do is read the story. They do not want to talk about the real problem. In the deep south, the problem has been the same since the beginning. Black people have had a problem in the south since the beginning of the second phase of our arrival here on these European slave ships. We've had one problem, slavery. And so when you in a in a in a just I mean you in a stampede you want to run over kinetic justice of mine you want to run over Ben Hunter Rasan you want to run over the torch movement you want to run over your problems so you can call the media and tell them what we got going on if the media gave a fuck about what you had going on you wouldn't be here that's the reason why we created our own media that's why we own live from the plantation because. Uh, Rick and Bubba won't let us on. You know, uh, we talked to Roland Marshall. As soon as we started talking about McDonald's and their complicity in this stuff, he immediately got us off the phone. He immediately got us off the call. And on and on and on and on. You know what I'm saying? So we figured out that if we keep writing these folks and they not responding, we went through that. We went through that in in the in the in the in the 20th century. We did all that in the 20th century. We figured out in the 21st century that the only way that we're going to get this raw, uncut message out there, we got to create our own blog, got to create our own YouTube channel, got to create our own radio show, and we got to start going live showing people what's going on. That is the media. That's the only media we have. The rest of the stuff y'all talking about, bro, we don't have time for that. You know what I'm saying? And we don't have time for the petty criticism. Connecticut and myself have made it known since January 1st, 2014, that we ain't claiming to be Einstein, and we ain't saying that this the only way, and we send out the invitation all the time. You got another way, show and prove. But we don't want you to talk about your other way, demonstrate your other way, let us see it in action. You know what I'm saying? And so here we are approaching a very important seven, the number seven, Anybody study any form of religion, any type of culture, any type of knowledge, know that the number seven is a very important number in the world, you know? And so we're coming up on our seventh anniversary, January the 1st, 2021. And 
and God has called for a 30-day economic boycott. And we're going to get into that and break that down. Kinetic going to talk about that a little further. But, I mean, the time is now. It's not later on. It's not uh, these people. Like today, I had somebody ask, um, is y'all going to have a show today, Thanksgiving? Did you did did they let somebody out for Thanksgiving? Did they take the, the, the feet off our neck for Thanksgiving? I mean, do you get a break on the holiday? What is it about this day? So so we supposed to take a day to celebrate a genocide of another group of people. And we supposed to take off because our oppressor killed somebody else. That's the only thing that we can celebrate today. The only thing that we can legitimately celebrate today is the fact that the, the, the genocide took place against other indigenous brothers and sisters who who came into contact with our same people. Because we have a multitude, our Ma'afa has a multitude of days to celebrate just like today. And we don't celebrate now one of them. You know what I'm saying? So the, 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 the consciousness has to rise up, brothers and sisters. Before we can rise up and confront this, this is our level of consciousness and awareness has to rise up. You know, our kundalini, as they say, has to rise because right now we're stuck, still stuck in a stoop, still thinking it's a game, still thinking that your critiques and criticisms of what we got going on is going to free you. You can talk about what we got going on all you want. Put it in a petition and see where the judge grants you relief. Only thing you can do with your critiques is take them and make them and apply them. Turn them into a solution. Whatever you see a deficiency at, then you step in with your critique and you offer your services. Because obviously, if you're critiquing someone, surely you have the skills to do that which you are criticizing. Because if not, then you're supposed to shut up because the Panthers have already taught us. Our, our great ancestor, our, our everything, our educator, our teacher. The one who, who I mean, just met Mufundi, uh, the our spiritual father. Mufundi is our spiritual father. He said that the Panthers' motto: "No research, no right to speak." You got, we got a lot of people doing a lot of talking, but the the proof is in the pudding. Where can we find your manifesto or your plan that has the solution that you that you just you know you're doing all this talking? Because the talk time has long since passed. When the first change was put on, as a matter of fact, before the change was put on, when they were on this shore and we were on that shore and they were planning to come over there, that's when it was time to stop talking. Because when they pulled up, they weren't doing no talking. And so here it is 400 and some years later, and you got some of us still talking. You know what that means? That means that the conditioning of slavery has not been all the way removed from your spirit yet. The conditioning is still there. You know what I'm saying? When we get to talking about boycott, this is not the first time we've been called for a boycott like this. In 2018, we had the campaign to redistribute the pain. You know, you're not, and, and, and please know that this 30-day this boycott has the potential to last throughout the year because we're going to continue organizing this 30-day economic boycott until that becomes a way of life and culture for people doing time in prison. You can't just have, you can't just punish your oppressor for 30 days. It's just like Black History Month. They give us one month. 
we celebrate one month of black history. The other 11 months, we do what we're doing today. Same thing with this 30-day economic boycott. We cannot uh, confront them for one month and the other 11 months we suffer. The other 11 months we turn in all our money. The other month uh, we're doing all the labor. That's, that's, that's an imbalance. That's 11 to 1 imbalance. That was the thing about the campaign to redistribute the pain. There was balance in it. It was every other month, February, April, June, August, October, December. We were boycotting. We were protesting. We were taking our money out. The other six months, you know, you have to work with people where you find them at. But when people are serious about their freedom, then they're willing to make sacrifices. And so this economic boycott, we cannot win by giving them 11 months and we only want one month. So at a minimum, we have to strike a balance. But what we're trying to do is to, to tip the scales in our favor. And the only way the scales can tip in our favor is if we go 7-5. We have to go 7-5. We have to have seven months in our favor. And, and they can have other five months. And if we get a seven-month run, it won't survive. The system won't survive. So, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's time to take action, man. Men, women, family members, you know, it's a sacrifice. A sacrifice has to be made. And that means you have to give up something of value. You can't give up something that you don't value. It's like the, the, the parable in the Bible. He said the rich man gave a few uh, silvers or whatever. He said, but the poor woman gave everything she had. You know what I'm saying? You have to make a real sacrifice. If you got all these resources and you only want to give up a ten percent cut, you 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 that's not legitimate. You got to be willing to give up everything if you want freedom. You know, people act like I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, I can attest to this kinetic justice attest to it because of what we've been through. When we put these nonviolent and peaceful protests down in January first, two thousand fourteen, he and I Another one of our comrades, King Dati Khalid, and a few other brothers who were associated with us, they did a few, you know, they did a little bit of time. But Kinetic, myself, Dati, we did the majority of the time. Me and Kinetic did five years, almost a little right at five years consecutive. You can make it without a phone. You can make it without catching stove. You can make it without the things that we call upon this boycott. You can make it without these things. You just have to be willing to give them up. You have to be serious about challenging the system that is oppressing you or oppressing your loved one or oppressing both of y'all, depending on how you look at it. But you cannot come into this movement and say that you're a part of this movement and say that you understand this movement and say that you're willing to make the sacrifices necessary to challenge this system without making sacrifices to the only privileges we got. So you can't choose no privilege, privilege, and you can't tell us no anything because we in here. We ain't on the phone. We're not in society. This is live from the plantation. We on the plantation talking to you right now, taking sacrifice, taking chances. You know, so that's what's required. It, 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 sacrifice is required. And these people are going to the extreme. And I come in there today, and, I'm, and I believe it wholeheartedly now. We have to we we're gonna have to go a little further. We gotta go a little further than we've already gone. We we've got to take a, a, a that that little step we took, we gotta step that on out a little bit. We gotta make that step a little longer. And then the next step, it's got to be a little you know what I'm saying? Because these people 
what we're dealing with now with COVID nineteen. And if you being if you if you paying attention to the news and you seeing what's going on in the prisons, and we all know these folks don't wear masks, we know we're not getting proper cleaning supplies. What that tells you is COVID nineteen is never gonna leave the prison. It's never leaving the prison. They're gonna keep transferring. They're gonna keep doing what they do. And so if you sitting around, whatever you thinking, it ain't gonna happen to you. You ain't got that much time. Woo, 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 woo. Then that means you're not ready to fight for your freedom. Because the reality is death is right around the corner for a lot of us. Death is right around the corner for a lot of us. When you see brothers have to resort to setting a fire in the middle of the floor in a prison just to get some heat and the police don't say nothing, then what that tell you? The police don't say nothing. That tells you that the police acknowledge that the problem requires that type of response. The police understood that. So when you're in a situation like this, and we under someone's control, we under someone's authority, jurisdiction and supervision, who have a responsibility to, I forgot what their little motto or creed is, our safety, our rehabilitation, and yada, 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 yada. We know that they're not living up to none of that. So why should we respect any of their rules, regulations? Why should we live up to their to they basic rules and they won't expect our basic, the basic rule or law or right to human rights? We don't have no obligation to respect one, not one of their rules. We don't have no obligation to respect none of their authority because they don't respect our life. They don't respect us as human beings. They don't respect our human rights. So we have no duty to be in compliance in this system. We should be the most uh, rebellious outlaws on the planet Earth. We should be. And so I just want to say that, and um, we're going to talk about this uh, 30-day economic boycott. Uh, we're going to talk about December 6, 2020 in Alabama. Brother Matt mentioned it just a second ago. Uh, we have speakers coming in from, you know, few places out of state. Uh, we want to get organizations inside the state involved. But December the 6th, 1865 is the day that they had enough votes to ratify the 13th Amendment. And so we're going to bring attention to that day on that slavery by another name event in Montgomery, Alabama, at Montgomery Plaza from 3 p.m. to 5 o'clock p.m. Uh, we'll be putting out some more information about that event uh, over the course of the call. But uh, it's time to take action, man. We lining up we lining up our pieces to take action. You know, uh, everybody, like I said, if you got a critique or something, that's fine, brother. Just put it in paper and let's see how it works. Let's, let's, let's do what it do. Let's do all those things. Let's do your idea. Let's do free Alabama movement idea. If you got a problem with the way free Alabama movement structured and organized, remember this. Before 2014, there were zero organizations inside of prison fighting for your life. Zero. Before Free Alabama Movement, there was zero. After we went into effect, the organization that you helped create, because me and Kinetic didn't do it, the people made Free Alabama Movement. And when the, the organization that the people made, it went around the country and then went around the world. You know what I'm saying? So we had to be doing something right. That does not mean that we can't do things better. 
But if you see something that we can do better, then you need to step up and fulfill that role of making that deficiency or shortcoming better. Because talking about it is not going to make it better. Doing something about it is what makes it better. And um, turn it back over to Brother Kinetic, and we're going to get off into the show. Um, if, you ha- if you're a caller, you're listening, uh, this is a caller-driven show. We ask you to press 1. Um, come on the show. Let your voice be heard. This is the holidays. See, it's not fair for people to just want to sit around and listen, and that's all you want to do. Because just for, by way of example, last year, year before last, I got put in solitary confinement. And uh, right when Thanksgiving came, they was they was complaining about getting the phone. Uh, guys wanted to use the phone to call their family members. And you had one guy in particular, he was banging, 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 wanting to use the phone. They never got the phone. Two hours later, he tied a noose around his neck and committed suicide. You know, but if he had gotten that phone call, then they could have saved his life. But they didn't give a fuck about his life, the phone call, his family's holiday. They didn't care about none of that. You know what I'm saying? And so for those of you all who calling in onto this show, pressing one potentially could save someone's life because they could realize somebody is listening. It is other people who care. It ain't just these dudes on here talking all the time. It is somebody that, that wants to get involved. It's somebody that's going to do something. So please press one. Make your voice heard. And if you have an idea or plan, make that known too. And don't wait for no one's approval. This is not no dictatorship where you got to get someone's permission to do something. No, 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 no. Because we didn't get nobody's permission to to, to do Free Alabama Movement. I know I didn't. I, don't, I'm, I know I'm pretty sure Connecticut didn't ask nobody permission. So you don't have to get permission to do the right thing. And if you want to do something, just do it. Just do it. But do it with right intentions. And do, you do it have for the, one hand do it for, up, just so you know. Let's go. Come on with it. Let's bring the caller in. And after that, Connecticut, uh, get back on the on the ship. All right. Oh four eight one. You're live from the plantation. Oh four eight one. You are live on the plantation. Live from the plantation. Please make sure hey, your phone is off. Brother, man. Yes. Go ahead. This is Ivan over at the United Black Family Scholarship Foundation. What's good, fam? I see y'all up in here. Hey, what's up with you, brother Ivan? Thank you for calling in, brother. Man, I just wanted to jump on here and show my support, man. You know, I just caught probably the last five or six minutes of what you were saying in terms of action as opposed to people sitting up and complaining. And, you know, me being incarcerated in California for the last 20 years, that's something that I recently had a conversation with with a brother that, you know, we got to look at the time that we are spending up in here complaining about things in terms of taking action. And I say, man, you know, you got cats who are complaining all day but won't even write a, a, an appeal or a grievance. And I say, you know, that defeats the purpose. So, you know, let's let's get active in terms of let's looking for solutions and how we can resolve these problems and, uh, you know, better expand our energy as, as opposed to, you know, going down that rabbit hole of something that's not being beneficial to any of us in terms of just constantly complaining. So, you know, with that said, and like the brother Benu uh, just pointed out, you know, each day that we up in here, man, you know, this is our lives. And life is short, you know, because I can't count the number of deaths I've seen in prison over the last 20 years 
you know, dudes pulling up one day, the next day they gone. And so, you know, you got a lot of cats that's locked up. If you listening to this and, you know, family members, if you listening to this, you know, we really need to think about that in terms of what Brother Banu just said. And, you know, I'm going to keep it short. Again, I just want to jump in here and show my support to the brothers and let y'all know that I'm rocking. All right. We got another hand up, too, uh, Banu. Let's rock and roll. Let's rock and roll. Bring the callers on. Five three four five. You are live from the plantation. Yes, sir. How y'all doing? We're doing good, brother. Thank you so much for calling in live from the plantation. Yes, sir. My name is uh Roy. I have a brother. Been uh his name is Charles James, aka Mailbox. He's been incarcerated okay, okay. for. He's been incarcerated for twenty four years. Um, he got denied his parole, and uh, we wrote a note and stuff to the parole board and everything else, and still he's been locked up for 24 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the person who led out the show, I think uh, he's been locked up 27 years. Uh, myself, over 21. The brother you just heard speaking over 20 years. You know, that's part of the problem that we're trying to confront. You know, you're taking black men or whatever out of the community for decades at a time. And what I wanted to say to you in response to that is like, in June, we had uh, a three-day protest at the parole board. Uh, we followed that up in, uh, what, what month was that? Uh, when we went back in August? Then we went back in mm-hmm. August uh, with more protests at the parole board. But the thing about it is the three people that you've heard speaking, we don't have parole days. You know what I'm saying? And so in that regard, every time we went to the parole board and protest, there was an impact seen on the way that they granted paroles, except for the last time, and that's because no one showed up. And so when we set out an example to show people how to apply pressure on the parole board to make them grant paroles, but then when people don't show up to support those efforts, we don't have no legitimate complaint. And I don't know if you showed up or not. I don't even know if you was aware. But what I'm doing right now is making sure that you understand that this is part of our arsenal to challenge that parole board for brothers like Mailbox. We know Mailbox, you know what I'm saying? But we know we know 8,000 Mailbox, you know what I'm saying? Right. But right. you have distinguished yourself by however you learn about the show, by calling into the show, pressing one, and making your situation known. And so what I'm doing is letting you know that we need you to go one step further and get involved with our Parole Watch campaign so that we can get back down to the parole board and apply more pressure and make them release more of our people because no other way can it be done. It's great that we have this platform and can have this conversation and get to know each other, but this is only a planning field. We plan right Right. here. So we plan, and that's what we need from you and for you to reach out in your community because they're pulling all of us out of the same community. So you can take our information and share it in your community. If if you took if you took a hundred pamphlets and went to your neighborhood where they where they arrested mailbox at when he was living there, I don't know that, but I'm just saying if you t- if we gave you a hundred pamphlets and you went to that community and you passed out all a hundred pamphlets, I guarantee you no less than thirty people whose hands you put them in got someone incarcerated. So we're yep. not asking people to do no Herculean task. We're asking them to do something simple. Take this information, put it out in the community. I got you. I got you. 
I definitely I, will. I, like I, I want to add, I want to add something real quick, bro. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you taking the invitation. Uh, as you like, as the brother said, you know what I'm saying. I've been gone 27 years, and you know what I'm saying. The first time, the mailbox, mailbox left before I did the first time and came back, but I was still here when he came back because I grew up with mailbox. That's why I sent you the invitation and asked you that. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Baptist Hill. I grew up with mailbox. I know his situation, but I appreciate you got you caring enough about him to get involved and want to try to do something to help him. And that, like I said, you linked up with me, so just stay in touch with me. We're going to figure out how to help him out as we try to help out as many people as we can. Yeah, and, and the situation we done tried, he, we we talked to him through phones and stuff and, and stuff like that. You know, he, he's trying to, you know, he took all the classes that they offer. He's got his GED. He's got all the information that he needs, but they just just got his parole, you know, and as a family, as us family, how we can go by talking to the parole or talking to the warden or something that we can do. Well, well, listen, bro, let me explain something to you. In dealing with this system, you know, I understand you have an individual vested interest. Um, but it's a it's a system, and you know what I'm saying. Uh, as the brother was saying, we know mailbox personally, and like I said, we know several people who fit into the categories who, you know, got their GED, completed this program. You know, they jumped through the hoops. You know, they jumped over. You know, all the little trappings that the people lay out and said, "This is what you got to do to make parole." And when the people do this, they're still being set off three, five years over and over, and nobody seems to understand why. And the reason that they don't understand why is because you're looking at this from the wrong perspective. Um, you're looking at this as he's done what he's done. He's rehabilitated, rehabilitated himself. He, you know, he's ready to be back in society. He's good. And that's yeah. not the way that they operate. You know, they're operating that if I, if I give him parole, then he has to pay me $40 a month. But if I deny him parole, then I get $25,000 a year for him. So it's a purely economical decision. You know, if I set you off five years, then you do the math. That's $125,000 guaranteed. Uh, but if right. I grant you parole, then, you know, you're looking at I'm going to get $40 a month. So from an economical right. perspective, you know what I'm saying, we all would take the $25,000 choice. And that's the thing we have to understand about these people who are in power, that they're not looking at uh, us or our loved ones. They're not looking at us as people, as human beings. We're a commodity. This is a business, and that's strictly right. the way they look at it, making business decisions, what the bottom line is, what's within the budget. And, right. and until we and get Adela- economically, we, we got to get economically inclined and start understanding how this system works and how it benefits them, then we'll know how to, you know, go about dismantling and undermining this system so we can get a more just and more humane system that deals with people. Right. How can I go about getting y'all flyers and pushing them out and stuff like that? Um, we have a website, Free Alabama Movement. Uh, you can go on the website, and it got a lot of pertinent information, but uh, you have my information, and uh, I get your email or some kind of delivery method and find out where you're at, and I'll get you as many flyers as you think you can distribute. I can get you in it 
everything that deals with Free Alabama Movement and what we're about, what we're trying to do to help all the brothers and sisters that's in the system and to help give back to the community. It's all, you know, included on our website, uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, on our Twitter page, Instagram. We're everywhere. But uh, me okay. and you, uh, I got a message from you earlier, so we got a direct connection. And I, I start building with you and trying to get that information to you uh, yeah, as soon oh, as yeah. I get off the show tonight. Like I said, I mean, Alabama system, man, it's, it's messed up, man. Like, it really is. Like, people, he, to me, in my eyes, he got 24 years with possibility of parole. Did nobody, the victim that he kidnapped, the the victim people did not protest. They did not come to the court date. They did they did not they did not do anything. So I, and, I then understand. The paper, and then the paperwork that we got from him, from from his from the parole board, saying that he's dangerous to society. But if he's dangerous to society, then why y'all got him on work release? Exactly. He make money for him. He he a danger to society. Economically, you know, saying he undermined a dollar that he could be producing in the DOC. But like I said, we appreciate you calling in, bro. And after the show, uh, me and you will link up, and we'll get a chance to get uh, into the details of how we can uh, personally deal with his situation, as well as collectively how you can contribute to, you know, saying helping him and other people in the community uh, in this situation. Okay, okay man, I appreciate y'all. You know, um, like I say, bro, you you got my number. We direct, so you know. Um, That's what's up, bro. You take it easy. We appreciate you calling in. Oh, yeah, man. Max, we have any other callers in queue, Max? Do we have any other callers in queue, Max? We don't have anybody with their hands up. We do have about nine callers, but no one has their hands up yet. Okay. Well, we're going to jump back off into. trying to analyze some of the things going on and some of the things we're seeing, some of the problems identified, and, and possibly some solutions to those problems. Um, you know, um, last week I apologized to the multitude. Last week I was unable uh, to be here uh, as I had got caught up in, you know, one of those situations that comes with the territory. And what I mean is that ever since we uh, have been educating and organizing uh, people throughout the Alabama prison system. We've been targets. You know what I'm saying? Um, a slave, you know what I'm saying? You know the, the old saying that knowledge makes a slave, uh, a, a man unbefit to be a slave. So once you got knowledge, then you know you ain't trying to be nobody's slave. So, you know, us educating brothers throughout the system has always been a thorn in the side of the administration. Uh, because when people can think for themselves, you can't just tell them anything. You can't just, you know, they're not on rope no more. They're not just conditioned to do what you say because you said it. You know, they can think for themselves. So we've always been targets. Um, you know, and even more so, you know, the last few years we've been retaliated against in some of the most extreme ways. Uh, but last week um, I was called uh, to the warden's office. And when I got there, I was informed that I had a legal a visit that was going to be done via conference call. Uh, so when I get on the conference call, there's like five different attorneys from the National Lawyers Guild, uh, and we're having a, a conference session on the ADOC's response uh, to COVID-19 or that lack of a response uh, to COVID-19 and the independent and upcoming litigation 
uh, that we're preparing to, uh, to to file on behalf of the men and women in the state of Alabama. Uh, we so we have this this conference, me and these attorneys, and uh, we get down to the details of what's being done and what's not being done. And the conference ends, and I get up to leave. And as I leave out of the conference uh, room on the warden's office, coming back to general population, uh, as I get to the door to the dormitory I live in, uh, the officer tells me I need to pack up my stuff. I'm being moved. Uh, so I'm asking, what what's going on? What why? Because I don't know. They just told me to tell you to pack up. They're moving you. So you know, an hour or two later, they moved me uh, across uh, the yard to another dormitory. Uh, I'm in the dormitory probably 12 hours, and, you know, I'm socializing with some of the brothers in this dormitory that I haven't seen in, in months, years, and, you know, some people decades. But, you know, I'm I'm around and I'm being sociable with brothers and I'm talking to different brothers. And, you know, I know a few brothers personally, and I'm socializing. And later on they um, come get one of the brothers that I'm socializing with and, and tell him that he tested positive for COVID-19 and he got to be uh, placed in segregation, isolation, blase. Uh, so the rest of the block is on 14-day quarantine, and et cetera, et cetera. We level one this. And, so, and they locked the door, and we just up in here. So, you know, I'm kind of skeptical with dealing with administration, you know, because I was in this so-called trouble block, and, you know, when I tried to, used the black market to pay to get moved to where I wanted to. Uh, the captain blocked it. Uh, every, you know, they tried to get me to come be an instructor in the, uh, in the crime bill program. Uh, the captain blocked it. The captain didn't want me to move. The captain wanted me in the trouble block. You know, it was a setup. They thought that, you know, me being in there would eventually lead to an altercation that they could use as a pretext uh, to place me back in solitary confinement. Uh, but it didn't work. You know, the block got transformed into, you know, men, you know, solid brothers, you know, governing and regulating themselves. Uh, so on her command, the cabinet is that I was to be moved to this block uh, on the day before that they locked it down for quarantine. Um, so I actually, you know, I don't know if they're trying to make sure I get the virus or they're trying to or what. But, you know, just I'm telling the story just because I want people to understand that what we do I'm talking about we sitting here begging you, brothers on the inside, family members, to reach out to your loved ones on the inside. We're sitting here begging you to want to fight and do something to save your life. I'm talking about, and we take the risk of any minute now. You know, the, I'm on the phone. Phones are not legal in prison, so to speak. So, you know, I, they could run in here and, you know, get my phone because they know I got a phone because I'm sitting here trying to educate the masses, because I'm sitting here taking risks and sacrifices to try to get the message out. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm saying is that we put ourselves in harm's way to try to get the message out, to try to keep the fire alive, to try to push men and women to stand up and stop being dehumanized voluntarily. Stop willfully, voluntarily accepting this condition and being treated this way. It's serious to me. It hurt me that I put my life on the line because these people have tried on several occasions to assassinate me in one form or fashion or another. You know, so I didn't went months without medical treatment as a punishment, years in a field as punishment. And all my crime is 
Not one act of violence ain't touched not one person. Not stabbed not one person. Not jumped on not one person. My crime is loving my people enough to want to see them do better and be better. So I do my part by contributing to educating, through getting the word out, through trying to help them learn to think. That's my crime. That's what Free Alabama Movement crime is. That's why we have been designated a security threat group to the ADOC. How the hell are we a security threat group? Because we preaching truth about this nonsense that they carrying on. We a threat because we got the story. We got the truth. We know what's going on. We in here. We live in it. So you can, you know, spin your story to the public. But I'm going to give them the raw, uncut reality of what's going on. So, you know, I'm going to do my part. I ain't got no problem taking the risk. I ain't got no problem being the, the sacrificial lamb. I done, you know, I done made it clear that, you know, I'm going to stand on the front line. Oh, I'll take the first bullet. I'll take the first lick. I'll take the first whatever because I'm willing to throw the first blow. I'm willing to fire the first shot. I'm willing to do all of that. And, you know, my history speaks for itself. But don't let it be in vain, man. Don't let me have to suffer all this and go through all these sacrifices and y'all ain't getting the message that y'all caught up on messengers who you like and who you don't like. The truth is what you're supposed to be about, what you're supposed to be standing on, what you're supposed to be supporting. We ain't here for no popularity country. I ain't here to try to be your friend. I ain't here. All that, we not here for that. Who you like, who you dislike, whatever, that's secondary. Freedom. Our freedom. Our right to be treated as men. Our humanity. All of that come first, man. That's what come first. Let's fight for our freedom. Let's fight for our right to be treated as men and women. Let's fight for our humanity. That's what we fighting for, man. That's what we're making sacrifices for. I don't want to see my nephews and nieces and grandchildren have to come through this same foolishness. Man, come on, man. We can't let this continue on. This cycle got to be broke. This is the generation that is going to be the phenomenon that breaks the curse of Willie Lynch. I believe that. I proclaim that, and as my mama say, I walk out on faith on that, that this thing is stopping. This is a generation that is stopping. And with that, you know, I'm going to bring the conversation back uh, to uh, Brother Benu so we can get into some of the details of uh, this December 6th uh, slavery by another name uh, demonstration going on in Montgomery, and we can get off into uh, the reason why uh, Free Alabama Movement made the call for uh, a 30-day economical blackout. So, you know, that's just a dialogue that we invite everybody who's online to press 1 to be a part of this dialogue. This ain't no straight monologue of us getting in the host queue and just running a reel or a script. This is an interactive conversation. It's organic. You know what I'm saying? It's a planning process. We bring ideas to the table. You know, everybody who got something, bring it to the table. This is the conversation for it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, you know what I'm saying, you know. Open the door for you. You want to burn something down? I know some brothers who want to burn something down. You want to tear something down? I know some brothers who want to tear something down. 
you want to work. I know some brothers who want to do everything you want to do if you want to fight for your freedom. Whichever way you want to do it, just link up, and I can put you with the people who want what type of time you want. So quit all the excuses, well, all the crime. Well, they ain't, why they got huh? to link up with somebody? Why they can't just do it? Oh, yeah, hey, they can't. You know what I'm saying? Most people, ain't, most people ain't self-starters. Most people got the herd mentality. They need to see somebody moving in that direction to justify and validate what they think is the right thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Some people ain't got the gumption and the nerve to just stand up and do what I believe in. Everybody ain't got it. And I understand that everybody ain't got it. But I do know this, that whatever it is that you're talking about, you about, if you're talking about going home getting free, I know some people who about that. And, you know, you can contribute to that. If you don't want to be no leader, you want to be whatever. There's some people doing whatever it is you're talking about doing. But the question is, what is you doing other than talking about what needs to be done or criticizing what somebody else doing? So, you know, we, you know, we trying to get to the, you know, we trying to get to the promised land. I am. I'm trying to get to the promised land. And I'm trying to take as many brothers with me who trying to go. And if, you know, somebody else know the way, you know what I'm saying? Pull me over. Tap me on the shoulder. Say, hey, bro, I got something that you need to heal. I know a better way. Or I know another way. Or whatever it is, man. Just come to the table. Be a part of the conversation. You know, when y'all be calling in to the show, don't just sit on here and listen. Because this ain't no place for no monologue. This is an interactive, organic conversation about our issues, about our problems, and the necessary solutions that we need to come up with. You know what I'm saying? We got to do something big. We got to do something extreme. We came up with an economical blackout, a third of the economical blackout, blackout. But, you know what I'm saying, everybody in the prison system got the same problems that we got. So whatever you call for, you might need to make a call. Make another call. If what we doing don't go far enough for you, then, you know, be about what it is that you talking about you be about and make the call and do what you need to do. Everybody do what they doing. And if we all do it together, you know what I'm saying, we'll be a whole lot closer to our goal and our objective, man. You know what I'm saying? If, you know, I ain't militant enough for you, just show me your work. You know, demonstrate. Show me how I need to be. And until I get right there, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. So you doing what you're doing and I'm doing what I'm doing, then we chipping away at this rock a little faster. So, you know, all excuses out the door, all cop-outs out the door. You know, if you write, if you sing, if you rap, if you organize, if you set up websites, if you fight, if you kill, if you or if you burn, whatever it is you do, it's time for you to bring it to the table, man. We ain't got no time to be waiting, man. It's people dying every day. We ain't got no time to be waiting. Whatever you about, be about it, man. Be about it. Starting the day, too. The start being about it today. Yeah, starting you know the day. Don't mean? wait the next week. Start the day. Yeah. If you, you got what wait you say, you about, do it today. And so like what you say, Ben? December 6th, like you were saying about uh, December 6th, um, we are having an event in Montgomery. We know the weather uh, potentially look like it's some cold weather coming in. We also know about the uh, social distancing and whatnot. We're going to be mindful of all of those things. Everyone, please wear your mask. Uh, protect yourself at all times. But one of the reasons why, there's a multitude of reasons, but one of the main reasons why we have this event is because people have to understand what we're fighting against. And we, we, we know we have the best. We, we have the best man for the job to come in and articulate to people the history of the amendment, uh, our amendment, the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution, the slavery exception clause in that amendment. 
uh, neither slavery or voluntary servitude except as punishment for crime shall exist in the United States or any place subject to its jurisdiction. Okay, that means that, that those words mean something. Those words mean something. First, it's a law. That law created an institution to carry out the law. You know, the law says neither slavery nor voluntary servitude except as punishment for crime. So when they put that exception in there, that means that there has to be an institution in place to carry out this punishment for crime. And that institution are these Department of Corrections. And we all know what was going on in 1865, you know. And so, like I said, we, we, we've got some one brother, Max Parthas, from um, Abolition Today, the African Slavery National Network. He's, he's hosting the show for us tonight. He's going to be on to educate on the history of this amendment and how it transitioned itself into slavery behind these prison walls. And we have some other speakers coming. Professor Chase, Sister Savannah is coming. Um, Dennis Tebow, he was scheduled to attend, but he may not be able to come. Uh, Brother Eric B., we reached out to him. He's supposed to attend for us. Sister Tribal Range, she's supposed to attend. And we're sending out an open invitation. And the reason why it's important for people to know this is because you got to know what you're fighting against. But also, you have to know who are your true allies, who are the ones you're fighting to solve the problem, and who are the ones out there that's just doing window dressing. Because we got a problem in Alabama right now with these nonprofits. They hanging out, and they they wooing people, and, oh, we'll let you talk to a representative, or we'll let you talk to your slave master, Cam Ward. And they wooing brothers because people who don't have no power and who don't have no knowledge, they still think that these people are the power sources. And there's people who understand that they understand that we are we come from a powerless we're not powerless we come from a, a disorganized community we come from communities that are being occupied war zones by oppressors and so they know what we're working with and so when they get us in these types of predicaments then in order for them to keep us from coming over here and giving it all to the movement they 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 like the devil in the Bible they come in with the lie. And they tell them, come, don't don't get over there involved with that. We, we got you over here. Come over here and deal with us. People ain't doing that. But the reason why, you, you would never know that unless you know what's really going on. And so that's what this event is about. It's about continuing to put information out to get people to understand what role the 13th Amendment plays in incarceration or enslavement in this, in, in this country. Why someone is calling and saying their brother, has been in prison for 24 years trying to make parole, can't get out on parole. It's a reason why. And it's systemic. There's a system in place, and it's been in existence for a long time. Well, Alabama also has an amendment. Some states adopted an amendment in their constitution paralleling the 13th Amendment. Alabama happens to be one of those states. Ours is Article 1, Section 32, which allows for uh, involuntary servitude or enslavement as punishment for crime. And so there's a history behind it. See, when the law went into effect, something happened. It wasn't just a law went on the book saying, oh, slavery, involuntary servitude, punishment for crime. That law had a practical effect when it was put in, when it was implemented. And what it did, what that looked like was new prisons were constructed. The convict leasing system was put into effect. Laws were passed to justify rounding up the people who had just been stayed off the plantation, put back in the prison system, and turned back over to the slave enterprise. See, if those laws are not just words wrote down. When you remove those laws, you do not 
change anything by simply removing those words. You have to understand what effect those words had on in a practical sense. And in a practical sense, those amendments are what created they created the culture that we see today. The, the reason why you see this disconnect, this, this, the reason why this apathy that the state has for our conditions, the reason why they had to set a fire in the middle of a dorm to get heat is the same reason why ancestors had to figure out a way to burn wood to set fire in those slave kept the slave quarters. The master didn't care about that. That wasn't his problem. That's your problem. You figure out a way to solve that. You know what I'm saying? So we're trying to get people to see the bigger picture, to see what's really going on, to understand this thing and understand how to actually challenge it. Why is Free Alabama Movement always talking about a work strike and a boycott? It's a reason why. It's a reason why we talking about a work strike and a boycott and the people on the other side are talking about, uh, let's call you senator or let's call you representative or send an email. If an email was capable of releasing someone, don't you know we would have people? We, we had a nationwide work strike, a nationwide work strike in two. Uh oh. We, did we lose, brother? Can you hear me? Can, Kinetic, you still there? It may have dropped. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Um, You're back. But okay, but that's the reason why we having these events because the line has to be drawn in the sand. Not only for who is here to help us and who's not here to help us from an outside perspective, but who's serious about this thing on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Why is you still running over here to the enemy or the cause, the enemy to the movement? Why is you still rolling in the hay with people that don't have your best interest? They don't have the best interest of your people. They may be offering you some kind of little crumbs off of the table. But what about your people? What about your brothers? What about the ones you say you love, you're you're the ones you hit up and and, and throw your little signs and claim the tribes and and, and we we cry when uh, mamas die, fathers die, brothers die. We, We go through all this stuff together. But these organizations come figure out a way to exploit you and use you and you all came for it because you're getting crumbs off the table. Well, what about your brother? You know what I'm saying? All that shit has got to be put on the glass. Everyone has got to be identified. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, it's time for sacrifice again. You know, we're preparing to sacrifice. 2021 is going to be a year of sacrifice that's going to start on January 1st. We are not relenting in 2021 because our lives are at stake. There's too much on the line right now. COVID-19 is about to be a, a mother in these prisons. The death rate is, is growing in Alabama and other places. It's growing in other prisons and stuff. But each man got to carry his own burden. We can only carry our burden right here in Alabama. And the solution we got, there with anybody. We've already done it. The, the, the history shows it. The history books show that free Alabama movement does not try to don't have no trade secrets. Everything we doing, we sharing it with brothers in prison all around the country, and we taking the hits for it. But we building the infrastructure. We built that infrastructure. Free Alabama movement built that infrastructure that has carried every national event that this country has seen since 2015. Because prior to that, there was 
you didn't even hear the conversation. So there's nothing about us that we're trying to hold back or deprive from anyone. And it don't have to have our name on it. We weren't concerned with it. We were concerned with a solution. Anybody can implement it. We've always said the place that takes down a prison that never comes back off a shutdown, we don't know where it might be. It might be in Iowa. It might be in Wisconsin. It might be in Nebraska. We don't care where it's at. We don't care where it's at because your prison does not even have to have an industry in it. If your prison go on work strike, it does not have to have an industry in it. One prison anywhere will wreck the whole system. Just one prison. That's all we need is one prison anywhere in America to go on a permanent uh, work strike and never come on. It'll wreck the whole prison system in America. We're not going to get to that point until we get the perfect understanding. In December 6th, we have the people, we have the information, and that's what we're trying to build, perfect understanding of why. Why? Because all these systems are interconnected with each other. All of them are interconnected with each other. And no state has the ability to pay their workers to cut the grass, to cook the food, to take out the trash, to do the laundry, to do the maintenance, to do the work. No state has the funds to do that nowhere. And if one prison take goes down and never come up, it'll destroy that whole system, that whole state system, because all the overtime will be poured into one prison. All the officers, the, the extra labor will be poured into one prison, and then it's going to cause fissures and cracks in the whole system all the way around it. And before long, it's just going to consume the whole system. It's going to be like a black hole. And we already know that once one person once one prison does it and shows itself to be successful, we already know how we mimic and copy each other in prison, but that's all we're looking for. We don't care who it is. You know what I'm saying? We know that the infrastructure was laid. We know we did that. We know the information was put out there. We know we did that. We know that when we issued the call, we answered our own call. We know we did that. And we know others have taken the baton. We know that's occurred. But we still have not reached that, 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 that point. That point of critical mass is when one prison goes down and never returns. And that's our message. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Uh, we're going to see if we got any more callers. Uh, and then we're just going to open up and have some conversation and let Connecticut get a little bit more in-depth into uh, uh, the call that he put out for the 30-day uh, blackout. You know what I'm saying? But the, the, the time is now. You know what I'm saying? The time is now. For us to get together and get prepared. The time is now to be prepared. Go ahead and start fasting. Go ahead and start exercising. Go ahead and start reading and ordering your books. Go ahead and start telling your loved ones to get ready to change the way they, they, they send their money and, and send their phone calls and stuff. Go ahead and start preparing yourself for 2021 because the, the call for 2021 is going to be relentless. The call, the, the the call for strikes and organizing the boycott is gonna go on all year long. We're trying to knock off one person every day, one more person every day. We're gonna keep putting the message out. We want to knock out one more person every day. Keep pulling people to our side. Keep taking money out of the store. Keep taking money off of the wall. Keep taking money out of the uh, visitation yard. Keep taking money off of the packages. We just need to knock people off every day. Don't have to be everybody at one time. That ain't what we're looking for. We're building a year-long campaign to 
to get people to get on board with what we're trying to do and take this shit down. So prepare yourself. You know what I'm saying? You know, and you don't have to wait till January the first to get started. You can start today. For people on the outside, some of your your, your loved ones in here, the the system figured out a way to stop our movement by using drugs. The the, the prison system nationwide are flooded with drugs, and everybody knows it. If you got a loved one in prison, you know it. You know what I'm saying? So that means that you have a responsibility too. That means that you're being complicit. You got to hold that money because of an addict. He can't control his addiction. He can't. He can't just stop. Sometimes he needs help. And so, if you know you got someone struggling, then you got to help them. You, you you got to stop sending the money. It's just bottom line. You got to stop sending the money. And some of us are emotionally dependent. Some of us are emotionally unable to cope. So if you got if you got someone and y'all got this this, this emotional uh, dependency where y'all got to talk on the phone and y'all got to videos. You got to prepare yourself. You got to strengthen yourself emotionally away from that because those video phone calls and stuff is money that you continue to put in the coffer or the people that's holding your loved one. So it's a multitude of issues that we all have to confront within ourselves, and, that, and by that I mean those of us who are going through these problems. We got to figure out break our addiction. To incarceration. We talking about breaking the states and the country's addiction to incarceration. We gotta break our own addiction to it first. We addicted to this shit. We addicted to the 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 uh the, the uh instant lunch soups and the and the honey buns and the cookies and, and, and the collect phone calls and the video checks and the and, the, and oh Lord and the incentive packages. You know what I'm saying? We gotta break our own addiction to incarceration before we break the addiction of the state. So that's the move. That's the move, man. That's, that's what this boycott is all about. You know, it's not a one-day event. It's not a one-month event. You know, it's a it, but it's a preparation stage for an entire year of sacrifice. And we got to win people to our side every day. Every day we got to win somebody else to our side to agree to give us something up. And if you don't give up everything and all of the things that we're asking for, be sincere and give up one. Be sincere and give up one. If you say you're going to boycott the stove and you know your folks been sending you $100 a month, don't call your folks and tell them to send you $200 a month. You ain't did nothing. You ain't did nothing because you still put the same amount of money. If you're spending $100 a month and you're going to boycott for a month, then take them $100 out of the system. Not try to double up and, and then have enough to make it through. You ain't, you ain't doing nothing. You're playing in the game. You know what I'm saying? You playing with the concept of King Dot So so it's it's time out for the play and it's time to get ready. It's time to make twenty twenty one uh the year of change. It has to be the year of change. You know, because twenty twenty has been a just I mean, we've been decimated by this year. This this COVID nineteen started, we've been decimated by it, but we haven't responded to it. We have not organized we have not organized the response to it in a way to make the people understand that you can't keep us here and allow us to wait for this death. We're staring death in the face. You know what I'm saying? And so we got to do something about it. My peace with that. I don't see any hands up. And uh, we're at the 920 mark. Did you want to play any music during the broadcast? Or just yeah, let's take a on? break. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back on the other side of the break and let Brother Kinetic get ready to take us down the last 30-minute stretch, close us out. All right, let me ask you a quick question then. 
an OG okay. who's dropping jewels or a young brother that needs to be heard? What was the question we, I missed? Uh, OG who's dropping jewels. All right, let's go. We'll be right back. Who will pay reparations on my soul?
skill, Scott Haran. Yeah, old school. OG dropping jewels. That's what's up. We back on the second half of uh, Live from the Plantation. I'm one of your hosts, Kinetic Justice Simone, uh, being added on and aided and assisted by my comrade and on, the new Hannibal Rossun. And once again, you know, we're here live from the plantation, uh, setting a platform, not for us to uh, continue to sit here and be talking heads, but creating a platform for people to interact, uh, to get informed about what's going on, you know, add comments, ask questions, you know, get more informed and more inclined to, to understand what's really going on uh, inside these plantations and what we are doing on a collective level uh, to resist and to confront uh, the things that are being done on the inside uh, throughout these plantations. So we ask all people, you know what I'm saying, those who are on the call to reach out to someone you love, want a friend, and, you know, invite them to the show, you know, because I'm sure that um, the way that our communities are being impacted by uh, mass incarceration, uh, you know what I'm saying, the overreaching of police officers, the overcharging of district attorneys, the over-sentencing of judges. You know, our community has been devastated. Uh, so, you know, we have to, you know, get out here in the community and start, you know, talking to people, asking questions, getting informed. And a lot of things that people in the community don't know about the situation uh, um, inside these plantations with their loved ones because a lot of their loved ones are too ashamed to tell them the truth about how they live or, you know, some of them are not just not articulate enough uh, to explain to their families and their loved ones what's really going on and what they're having to deal with. Uh, but this here, right here, this platform, Live from the Plantation, is a, a medium that has been created explicitly uh, for the family members and loved ones and for the fellow brothers on these plantations to, you know, get in the know, get in the loop of what's going on, you know, find out uh, what's happening in regards to your situation. Uh, because, you know, it's just, you know, it befuddles me that, you know, so many people, uh, you know what I'm saying, are held in captivity. they hostage. Um, yet freedom is something that you rarely hear people talk about on these plantations. You know, everybody trying to figure out how to get over for the day or how to make it through the day. And it's like everybody's in survival mode and no one has no vision. And, you know, no one is talking about, uh, you know, concerted efforts to work uh, towards getting freedom, you know, working uh, a plan to try to get in a better situation. Uh, and that, you know, I guess that's the way that these systems uh, operate. Uh, they they come at you from all different angles and sides and so forth to you discombobulated and confused and can't really function and can't see your way through and that you just turn to, you know, um, cop-out, drugs homosexuality, or whatever it may be that becomes a vice for you uh, that helps you to get away uh, from reality or your escape, so to speak, you know. So, you know, we have to get live and direct with people. And, you know, we have to bring freedom into the conversation. We have to start talking about plans on, on becoming free, whatever those plans may entail. Uh, you got to get with like-minded brothers. You got to start trying to, to uplift these brothers that, you know, who in they low. You know what I'm saying? As we say in the God body, you know what I'm saying? A lot of brothers who not on their square, who not, you know, living and, and teaching and showing and proving the way they should, you know, they in they low. You know, they lower self, they urges and desires and cravings, you know, guide and direct them and make decisions for them. Uh, there's a lot of brothers on these plantations that are in they low. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of brothers that love to criticize those brothers that's in they low. 
let's stop pointing fingers and criticizing, bro. Let's, you know, reach out and try to aid and assist these brothers in getting uh, getting themselves together and getting back on their square, you know, getting their minds clear enough that they can receive a message. They can, they can, you know what I'm saying, a lot of them, you know, spaced out. They ain't got time to think about freedom. They ain't got time to think about home. <clears throat> they ain't got time to think about their children. Are you thinking about, you know what I'm saying, a way to get away from the pain, a way to get away from the the frustration, the reality that somebody else controlled my life. You know, that's frustrating. That's irritating. That'll make you angry. And when you get frustrated, irritated, and angry about something, you suppose, you know, most people lash out and do something about it unless you got a coward spirit. Now, if you got a coward spirit, you know, that kind of stuff will make you cower down, bow down, and get more compliant. And, you know, we got some of them brothers around here, too. You know, we got all kinds. You know, it takes all kinds to make up the slave plantation. But, you know, we got to start reaching out to these brothers and stop casting them off to the side. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't create, you ain't committed a moral sin, you know, amongst the brotherhood, then, you know, you in good standing. You know, you just in your low, and, you know, we're going to reach out to these brothers and try to, you know, bring these brothers into the fold, try to, you know, increase these brothers' awareness, you know, get these brothers back thinking, you know what I'm saying, get their mind clear. It's hard to do that when they so, you know what I'm saying, so caught up on this drug epidemic. You know what I'm saying? But we got to do our part, man. We can't just... Keep pointing the finger at them, criticizing them, and talking about them, and laughing at them, and so forth. We got to dig down and find our own humanity. You know what I'm saying? We have to identify with the humanity in these brothers, even though they're in their low right now, because we need them. We need every able-bodied man on these plantations to come to full understanding of who you are and what the situation is. And, and you know, man your post. It's time to run it. You know what I'm saying? You know, these next 30 days, you know, we pushing. You know, circulating word through all these plantations. You know, I don't care what it is you do. The call has been made for something big and something real. Something to make these people understand that enough is enough. The line is drawn in the sand. No longer will I accept your humanity, your, your inhumanities. I will no longer accept it. And, you know, that's what I'm preaching from prison to prison, plantation to plantation. You know, we done waited long enough. We done filed all the petitions we can file. We done filed lawsuits. We done did everything. And everybody everybody on this line and anybody in ADOC know that the brothers from Halifax County done sued every administration in every prison, every governor. We done been doing this for years. And we still right here going through the same thing. Because... The enemy, and when I say enemy, I'm talking about the one who's trying to snuff out your life, gave you a system to correct what he did to you. So surely this system is set up in a way to preserve and to perpetuate this system for him. So you know, ain't no need in expecting the channels of the courts to work for us. It was created by the people who are in power in order to preserve and ensure that they stay in power. So, you know, the game that we play by appealing to these judges who we know don't care about us or our life, but we get into that, you know, that hope, and maybe he might do this, he might follow the law, and, and then when it comes back, they deny it, you know, now you don't care about nothing, now you don't care about going home, you finna crash out, you gonna kill somebody. You know, all this because you emotionally caught up in a situation, and you know 
what the answer is before you even get it. But you still hoping for it. We all been there. We all been betting on the court system to be able to vindicate uh, you know, I can prove what the DA did. I can prove what the judge did. I can prove what the jury did. But they don't care because you're just a number to them. You're a commodity to them. You're not a person. So, you know, they're not trying to release, you know, $25,000, you know, a year for nothing. You know, that don't make business sense to them. So, you know, they got some avenues, you know, and, People tell you, you know, don't do it this way, don't do it that way, that ain't the right way, this and all that. Those are, you know, you know, reinforcers, you know, collaborators with the white supremacists. And, you know, some conscious, some unconscious. Some your loved ones. Some of them your loved ones will tell you not to try to get free a certain way. That that ain't the right way to do this and the right way to do that. You know what I'm saying? It, my loved one, I want them free. And I don't really care how you get free. I just don't want to see one of my loved ones going through this and trapped in and boxed in and somebody telling them what to do and treating them like an animal. Nah, I want you to be free by any means necessary. And if you love me, you're supposed to want that for me because I want that for all of my brothers. I I want the same thing for you that I want for myself. I want freedom. I want justice. I want equality, and I want it for you too. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you don't want it for you, then, you know, that's just you. You have to come to terms and dealing with that. But, you know, as being a, you know what I'm saying, righteous black man, I want for you what I want for myself. You know what I'm saying? Each one teach one. You know, that's the, that's the concept that I've been on for the last 20 years, and I ain't trying to get on no new one. I want for my brothers what I want for myself. And I'm saying right now I'm sick and tired because I know my brother's sick and tired. And I'm saying let's draw the line in the sand because I know my brothers feel and think about drawing lines and saying, I say it. If you won't say it, I say it. Because I ain't scared to say it. I ain't scared to say how I truly feel. I ain't scared to get to present the conclusion of my analysis of a situation. I can stand firm on what I say because I was taught to research, research, research before you speak. So before I say anything, you can believe one thing for sure. I done did the one. I done did the research. I done did the knowledge on it. I ain't just talking to be talking. I don't even like doing a lot of talking. But somebody got to say what got to be said. Because everybody mumbling to themselves about it. That ain't going to get it. It's time that we suit up, boot up, and make the ADOC feel our pain. Well, as the brother said, we redistributing the pain. You've been giving me pain in hell for 500 years. It's time that we get tired. I'm my sick and tired and get some reciprocity. The African waste is reciprocity, man. You got to give somebody what they give you, man. They've been giving us hell and misery, man. But why in the hell we ain't reciprocating? Man, stop being so manageable. Stop being so goddamn docile and domesticated, man. Some of you brothers, they got and told you you ain't going to never go home again and don't care about what happened to you. So what's your reservation is? What you sitting chilling for? Because we ain't in no position to chill. You know what I'm saying? It kills me when brothers say they just chilling. You got life in 45 years. You ain't got nothing pending in the court. You've been gone 15 years. And by all possible means, you probably going to die in prison based on the way the system runs. And you chilling? Man, you ain't chilling. You tripping. 
You're supposed to be working. You're supposed to be plotting. You're supposed to be strategizing. You in a box, man. You had to get out of this thing. Don't get so comfortable and caught up in, you know, I got a little green to smoke. I got a phone to talk on. You know what I'm saying? I be videotaping, I be doing this, and, and I got my little cubby hole. You know what I'm saying? I got a little lick where I can get a little money every now and then. So I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? Later, all I got to do is get up in the morning, brush my teeth, you know, get dressed, drink me a shot of coffee, you know what I'm saying, do this and do that, bounce around and talk to my girl on the phone and chill and, you know, just chilling. And before you know it, six months a year done passed. You ain't did nothing about trying to get free. You ain't did nothing to try to get free. You ain't did nothing but think you a player and you're playing yourself. You thought you was a pimp and you pimped yourself because you ain't got your freedom. You ain't got your family. You ain't got the ability to get to use your hands and be, you know what I'm talking about, be productive. So when you produce something for somebody else, if you produce anything, every dime you get, you got to spend it with him. So, you know, what is you chilling for, man? I'm trying to get home, man. I left the street. My daughter was three months old. My daughter, a grown woman now with children of her own. Man, I'm sick and tired. And the only reason that I ain't just on some dad devil solo dolo is because I believe and I got faith that if brothers come together, that we can change all of this. Because if it comes to the point that I don't believe that brothers want to got to be free and I lose faith that brothers, then I'm going on some dad devil solo dolo because I'm not going to die in this prison on these plantations just sitting here. I'm not going to die old age. I'm going to die violently if that's what's necessary. Getting out of here. I don't mind dying on the fence or dying on the other side of the fence. But I refuse for my children and grandchildren to have to tell the story that I sat up in a prison all my teenagers, all my 20s, all my 30s, all my 40s and 50s, and sat there and humbly died in prison as a good, productive prisoner, a model prisoner. They snatched me up as a teenager, lied, brought all kind of machinations, and stole my whole life. I done had life without parole in prison before I was 21. And I supposed to sit back and accept and say, well, you know, the system works sometimes, and sometimes people fall through the crack, and bullshit. It was designed from beginning to end for brothers like me and other brothers all throughout this system to end up in this system as a commodity, as a herd, as a cow, as whatever kind of merchandise or commodity you can think of to produce wealth for a group of greedy, savage, bloodthirsty, bloodsuckers. And I'm supposed to be cool with that. I'm supposed to be chilling. I'm supposed to be talking about let's, let's sing, we shall overcome. Amazing grace, let's turn to the cheek. Bullshit, I ain't with it, man. I love my life. And I know what my life is worth, and I'm going to fight to the death for it. And I'm looking for some brothers who own that type of time. Because I'm, I'm running out of time, bro. And I ain't going to keep sitting around, you know, being the flagship. I'm on my way to, to another plane. Either I'm on my way back to Elysian Fields, or I'm going to go live and be free. You know what I'm saying? And anybody who want to go, or anybody who know a way to go, Find me, link up with me, link up, let's go, man. 
If you got a problem with Free Alabama Movement and the name of it and all that, you know, that's on you, man. We're trying to get free. If you got a problem with Kinetic or whatever happened, you know, that's on you, man. We're trying to get free. Whatever you and son got going on, you know, that's, that's what else we're trying to get free, man. All that other personal stuff, we can take care of that somewhere else. If you want to kill me, man, it's a whole lot easier for you to kill me on the street. Catch yeah. me out there on the street, man. Let's yeah. get out. Let's get out on the street. Whatever you talking about your problem, whatever your problem is with son, whatever your problem with me, whatever your problem with Fred, whatever your problem is, man, let's get free, and then we can take it up then. I promise you when we get free, whatever your problem was, it's going to goddamn seem like it ain't nothing no more. <laughs> yeah, you caught up on the, You caught up in the cross. You know what I'm saying? You got a misdirected anger. You mad at your oppressor, but you scared of him. So you're going to take it out on somebody around you who you don't feel like can make you got to feel the consequences they can. Man, y'all better come on. Man, ain't nobody playing. Ain't nobody playing. This shit dead serious from beginning to end. When I get up in the morning to when I lay down at night, we sitting up in here, we talking, we plotting, and we trying to figure out a way to make this shit work. Because, man, this is not living. This is not it. This is not it, man. You know, I, you know, sometimes I get so caught up in the conversation, I have to forget that I'm on the show and think I'm just in here with my people, you know, trying to emphasize the point of how serious this is, where we at, and what the conditions is. We got an 18 to 36-month woman. They got some real live tunes that they trying to put together for us. And I mean that when I say tunes. They got some places they want to lock you down where nobody ain't going to hear see you for the next 30 years. So we got an 18 to 36-month wonder to do something, man, and to make the, the direction and trajectory of this thing change. So I ain't trying to wait 18 to 36 months, man. I'm out the gate running now. Try to catch up with me if you can, or if you want to. You know, I'm running, man. Let's do what we do, man. And, you know, with that, I'm going to just, you know, Benu, I don't know, man. It's getting rough, man. <laughs> I don't know. But you know how it goes. We got to do what we got to do. You know, we can pay you know, the test and promote something. Hey, man. Yeah. It's serious, man. These times, you know, I remember when we used to, when people used to say, when they gave you life without, man, they want you to die in prison. Well, that is true. But what I didn't know was that they didn't care how they gave you life without. They didn't care that the prosecutor committed misconduct or that the witnesses lied or that you didn't do it or none of that. They didn't care about none of that. You know what I'm saying? They cared about getting you into their inventory, getting us, not you, getting us you know, into their inventory, getting us registered. You know what I'm saying? Getting us a number, getting us a VIN number, whatever you want to call The fact that the prosecutor committed misconduct was not their concern. The fact that the Court of Criminal Appeals would uh, supply facts to justify your incarceration was part of the process. Whatever they needed to do to, 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 to tie us up and lasso us up and, and, and get us to, to, to submit is what they were willing to do. They didn't care what they had to go through, and they don't care about you finding out about it. When you find out about it, it's too late. You already got a number. You already got a sign said you already on they call it the master roster. Y'all think about that. They call it the master roster. Because that's what it is. It's the master roster of his inventory. It's what the master got in his in his fold, in his stable, in his flock, or whatever word you want to use. 
And just like they didn't want to give up a slave for the Civil War, you think they want to give you up and give you up? And if they release everybody that had a legitimate constitutional violation, what would that do to the master's roster? Amen. Stand up, by the way. So that's it. What you say? I'm sorry. I missed it. You have a caller if you want to take them on. Yes, let's go ahead and take the caller right quick. And after the caller, we'll go ahead and close out. 9520, you're live from the plantation. Hello, family. This is Brother Elijah, man. I just want to say um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And, and it's good to see everybody listening to this valuable information that Connecticut Justice and Hannibal is sharing. And it, it's just. Um, it's just mind-boggling, and it's, it's it's also true and so real. And um, I just want you to know, the Connecticut, Connecticut I, I, brother, we we must be twins because I feel your pain. I I, I really do, and I'm at a point to where you know I I can't weigh my days anymore because I'm at a point in my life where I have more days behind me than I have left in front of me, and um and and, and so my days are valuable. And my life and my time is running out, and the time is now. And, and like you say, extreme measures, and I want my life back too, man. So I just want you to know, brothers, I stand with you, and I will forever be a, a free Alabama movement uh, participant in whatever I can do. Brothers, y'all just point me in the right direction. And during this pandemic and everything, man, y'all be safe and Let's move. Let's move forward. And I'll peace with that. Thank you, bro. Peace. Um, you got something you can do. I saw that cabinet that you made, right? Um, we getting our website built and uh we're gonna build a uh platform where people in prison who have talents and skills uh can, can put their product in our market. Um a small percentage of it go towards supporting the movement, the rest of it go to wherever the person who's who the owner says they wanted to go. Uh, but we have to build independence around our movement and be able to fund it. And so that's going to be a very important part of what we're going to do next year um, as we kick off uh, the, 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 the boycott campaign and the announcement campaign and carry it on throughout the year is that we have to become uh, self-sufficient as people. And so we're going to build a platform for that. That's already in the works. You know, a lot of that work is already being done. Some of it is already complete. Um, I just haven't, um, you know what I'm saying? We just haven't made it public yet, but we, we, we're getting serious about this. You know, Connecticut and I, we talk all the time, and, and I talk with a few other people, and I always say, you know, we did what we did in 2014, 15, 16, 17, whatever, but clearly we didn't do enough, so that means we have to step our game up, and we learn from that. You know, we learn from everything we've done. We learn about our own shortcomings as, as individuals. We learn about shortcomings as far as what we did within our movement, how we put things together. But we're not going to leave those shortcomings uh, unattended to. We're attending to all of that. You know what I'm saying? 2021 is going to be a, I mean, it's going to be a magical year. You know, we're coming off of the master roster. We're coming off of the master roster, but it's not going to be because of something that the master did. It's going to be because of something that we did. You know, it's going to be, it's our, we the only ones can free us, you know. They don't have a way to free twenty some thousand people. They don't have any plan or system in place to free twenty some thousand people. But Free Alabama Movement does. We got a document that lays out our list of accomplishments over the years. 
Um, we Free Alabama Movement has been responsible for, I would say, no less than 4,000 people getting out of prison because that's what the population numbers, uh, the numbers reflect over the course of our movement, whether it's through legislation, it's through the demands that we put on the parole board, um, the implementation of the mandatory parole, just so many different things uh, that we've done, the, the, the spotlight that we put on the system that made other people highlight uh, some of the things that was going on, making them correct uh, people's parole dates. It's just so, there was so much corruption in the system that no one knew about until we put the spotlight on the system. And so the spotlight that we put on the system, it affects changes all across the system from the uh, the social commissioners being fired, uh, fired or forced to resign, uh, officers, uh, psychotic officers, uh, abusive officers being fired, uh, the, the DOJ coming in and all the different investigations and stuff like that. None of that stuff would have happened if we continued to just lay around and go along with, go along with what was going on. And so the changes that we're talking about um, bringing about in this system, we already know what it takes. It takes us to do something because that's what it took to get the changes. It it took us standing up and pointing out the living conditions inside of Holman for us to force them to close it. It took us talking about the living conditions inside of Draper for us to force them to uh, close it. That's not to say that we sit down and sign a document that say, well, we, we come to an agreement that this is what's going to occur. That's just understanding the nature of what a movement is and what we were doing and what our intentions was and how it played out. You know, so uh, just want to put those things out there, man. Our work ain't been in vain. We just simply haven't closed the deal. You know, we haven't closed the deal. So when you hear the word work strike, remember, our goal is to remove this labor from the prison totally as a culture and way of life. Not as a, a, a moment, not in a period of 30 days or two weeks or, or whatever. It's a, a way of life. We're no longer going back to free labor for no system under no circumstances. And that's how you dismantle the system. So um, we appreciate everyone calling in, um, listening to live from the plantation, myself, Connecticut Justice Amon, all of the speakers coming in. Uh, we're still disappointed that people are calling in to the show and not pressing one. You know what I'm saying? Well, how do you contribute? Yes, sir. Go ahead, it's, it's most people are doing their food eating thing. It's still a tradition, you know. Well, dudes in prison ain't eating. I'm talking about because hey. we already know what kind of these uh, trace like. I'm here kids, with you, so bro. That ain't the problem. I'm here with you, man. <laughs> That's not the problem with people in prison because I know they didn't <laughs> eat that shit or not too much of it. But, I mean, it's, it's not making sense. It's not making sense for you to get on the phone that they say contraband. We call them freedom devices. Dial this number. And sit up and listen in on the show and not press one and make your voice heard. It don't make sense. That don't make sense. You you got to make your voice heard. That's what Free Alabama Movement, Free Alabama Movement is nothing but a megaphone. The science of Free Alabama Movement is nothing but a megaphone. It's the cover for anybody who's doing the right thing to step out there. That means you don't have to put your name on it. Free Alabama Movement will give you cover to do the right thing. If you want to film your living conditions and environment and you don't want to put your face on it, you don't have to. Free Alabama Movement will do that for you. Free Alabama Movement is a conduit to freedom. It is your megaphone. Whatever message you want out there, all you got to do is write the article, shoot the video, call in, press one. I mean, how can you be in prison 
suffering injustice, wrongful conviction, over sentence, and you don't want to press one and let people know what this fight is all about. Everybody got something to say. Everybody done saw something this week that's worth pressing one so that the public can be more informed about when they stepping out there. When our people come down here next month, well, Max, Max, then we'll be down here um, next Sunday. When they come, we want them to have every weapon imaginable that we can provide them in their arsenal so that when anybody pull up on them talking about any kind of reform or hold on and wave the legislative set, we want them to be able to shoot all that down, just air it all out, lay it all down. You know what I'm saying? But how they going to do that when people just sitting up listening on the phone, listening to Kinetic, listening to Rasan, listening to Brother Elijah, he, caught, he pressing one every week. Uh, and other people that that type in, it's a collective. It's a bunch of stories on our website. We're gonna have a section for the uh, innocence and wrongful conviction inquiry, you know. And we we're gonna try to to to, to push uh, to get a law change on that. But we also have a legal clinic, and in our legal clinic, we're gonna put the cases of of people that 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 come on the show and let us know about the injustice. And then we're going to do a short bio, and we're going to put them up on our website, and then we're going to be reaching out to networks of attorneys, law students, paralegals, whatever, all around the country, designating your case to receive assistance. But please tell me how we're going to do that if you want press one, if you want to send your information, if you want to make your voice heard. What can we do? How can we help? Brother Bendu? Just a yes, sir. You only got a couple minutes left, and do you mind if I make a quick plug? No, sir, go ahead. We go, matter of fact, you go ahead and close us out, Brother Matt. No doubt, man. Coming up on December 2nd, which is the International Day for the uh, Abolition of Slavery, we're going to have a live streaming event with spoken word artists, poets, and music videos. We're doing it on that day because the United Nations does not recognize what's happening in U.S. prisons as a form of slavery, and we want them to do exactly that. So you'll have myself and Savannah Eldridge as hosts. I'll also be doing uh, performance. Spirit the Tattoo Poet, Tamika Staley, Coretta Brown, Darren J. the Artist, Nikki Lucilian, uh, and Tribal Rain all together on December 2nd. The live stream will be available at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center on Facebook. So just go to Abolitionist Center on Facebook and you can catch the live stream free December 2nd, the International Day for the Abolition of Slavery. All right, fam. Any any final words before I click the music? I guess that's enough. All right, <laughs> peace, fam. With my face turned to the sun Weight on my shoulders A bullet in my gun Oh, I got eyes in the back of my head Just in case I had to run While the clouds roll back and the stars fill the night, that's when I'm gonna stand up. 